Today's scripture reading will be coming from Psalms chapter 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you for that reading, Terry. And Randy, thank you for leading us in worship today. It's been a joy to worship together. And the whole church said? Amen. What has the world come to? Um, you've uh, experienced things that maybe you've never experienced, except I, I have talked to a couple of people who have a few more years on their life than I do, and they reflect back to a time uh, following and during World War II where there were shortages of everything, and you had to have your stamps to get a little gasoline or your stamps to get a little sugar or coffee or things like that. And again, it was a very sensitive thing. I love talking to Shirley Eves about the early days in Lake Jackson when there were more people coming in than they really had supplies for and a system to distribute food and things like that. And she said her mother always knew which one of the, of the trucks that brought in the supplies to the grocery store, which one had what in it. And so if it was the milk truck and they didn't milk, and she saw it, she Shirley, get across that ditch and go get us some milk. And, and so Shirley would run off her, or that's the bacon truck. You need to hustle over there and get bacon before it's all gone. We're experiencing things that we've uh, never really experienced before. Some of those are struggles, and if you're low on toilet paper, then you're one of those folks that's kind of wondering about where that's going to come from, and you may discover new uses for the junk mail that comes to you every single day. But there's also been some things that have changed that uh, have been really heartening. I talked to William Eggleston earlier this week, and he said, I looked out the door one day, and there, were, there, were, there was a family walking down the street. And it wasn't a family with kids in strollers and things like that, but it was a mom and dad and teenage kids. And he said, I don't know how long it's been since I've seen a mom and dad and teenage kids just taking a walk together. And maybe those are some of the things that, are given, uh, that we have an opportunity to do now that we haven't had before. I hope that you have Psalm 46 pulled up on, on your Bible at home, maybe on an app somewhere, something akin to that. Uh, by the way, not the same phone or app that you're using to watch the sermon video. That wouldn't work very well. But if you'd pull up Psalm 46, I appreciate Terry's reading of that. The writer of Psalm 46 is experiencing some of what you're experiencing, but maybe even to a greater extent. His world was changing. and all the things that he thought were solid and sure were moving. And the way that he described that in this psalm is that that one firm thing, the thing that never would move, the earth itself, 
was changing in a way that was startling him. I have a cousin who's a missionary in Croatia, and if you have seen the news, there was an earthquake near uh, Zagreb, which is very close to where he lives. He's unharmed and, and doesn't know of anyone who was harmed by it, but it shook everybody up, you know, quite literally shook everybody up. And he said it was, it was funny because one day the government was telling everybody to stay in their homes to be safe, and then we have an earthquake, and suddenly there's another threat and that which we thought we could count on, isolating ourselves in our homes, is no longer a good place to be. But seek open, be, get out of your homes if there's any kind of cracking or things like that going on. would appreciate your prayers for Stephen and all the Christians there, all the folks there in Croatia. Is that, uh, didn't need, they didn't need that to compound the things that were going on. And I think to a certain extent that may be what the author of Psalm 46 saw or felt an earthquake that caused things to shake. Maybe even, that again, that idea that a mountain or a hillside would roll down even into the sea and it's supposed to be separate and it gets kind of consumed and, and shakes into the heart of the sea. And if those unsettling things weren't enough, this next phrase is really interesting because when you dig into it, what you discover is that he is describing the fact that the mountains which are unmovable... The mountains that are unshakable are moving in the same way that the sea moves. The Jews were terrified of the sea. They didn't want to have anything to do with going out into that deep blue stuff or whatever color you want to describe it as. They didn't like the fact that the sea moved. They liked the fact that the dry ground sort of stayed in the same place and didn't shift underneath you. And the psalmist says that my world is so unstable right now, it is as if the mountains themselves are quaking and surging as if they were like the waves of the sea. I think he's afraid. And I think he's unafraid to tell you of his fears and the way his heart is being shaken. But you see, as the paragraphs of the psalm move forward, the chaos of the world does not have the last word. Somebody say amen to that. The chaos of the world does not have the last word. Because no matter what's going on in the world, in the place where God dwells, and he describes it as the city, and I think the psalmist was trying to describe Jerusalem and the temple that was in Jerusalem, but we as People on the other side of Jesus Christ and the other side of the re resurrection understand that we are the dwelling place of God. And there's a, a, a living stream within us. There's a river that fills us up. And Jesus, I don't know that he was referring to Psalm 46, but Jesus says to the woman at the well, I have not just any water, I have living water. And if you drink of it, you'll never be thirsty. And none of us have ever experienced that kind of water. But Jesus said, in me you have it. And I think that when we as Christians, as those who follow God and who give ourselves more every day into Him and to His Spirit, we experience that sense of His living water coming into us. We're aware that even as the world kind of goes to chaos, there's a peace in us that is unshakable. I've enjoyed my visits with Vicki Wonderlick, who's facing some very difficult things in her life. And yet what she says over and over again is, God's got me, and God's got this. And we don't know exactly what that path is going to look like, but what we know is that God is with her. God is with her and with Mike as they continue to travel down this thing. 
the psalmist wants us to hear the reality that God wants us to guard against the chaos, and the worry, and the anxiety that the world constantly wants to throw at us. I don't know about you, but if you turn on the TV, turn on the news very much, there's a real sense in which they're, they're trying to kind of push a, a fearful agenda. And even there's a couple of stations that say facts over fear. Even when they start quoting the facts, they're trying to scare you. They're trying to scare you because they know that that'll get you to click on their station. That will keep you watching what they're doing. Or maybe those kind of fears drive us to, to track on Twitter some things that they're sending out. God wants us to guard against that kind of anxiety. And I'm kind of going to give you a, a holistic. Uh, God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, I'm going to kind of give you some ways in which we can guard against anxiety, maybe addressing all four of those. First of all, I hope that you're taking the time to take a walk whenever you can. And again, I understand that, that if, if you're in an at-risk position and if there are lots of people around, you may want to be sensitive about where you take a walk. But I think there, that we don't live in an urban setting where there are people everywhere. And the air that's out in nature is not infectious. In fact, it may be sort of healing to you. So you need to take a walk. And when you walk, you need to be sure you smile. In fact, not just when you walk, but uh, my wife has been reminding me pretty lately, pretty often lately, that I need to smile a little bit more. And I think we all need to be reminded of that. If you're interacting with people at the grocery store, if you're uh, seeing your neighbor across the fence, you need to be the one who's smiling because I think it pushes away the darkness. Secondly, I want to encourage you to be somebody who says thank you at least once an hour. And, and while I realize that sometimes that may just be saying thank you to God, you need to find some people to say thank you to. Maybe it's one of those neighbors across the fence. Thank you for helping me out with something. Or I just want to thank you for being my good neighbor. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've said thank you to you. And I want to be, a, be sure and do that. So find yourself saying thank you. Again, when we decide to build positive things inside of us, we're pushing out the fear and anxiety and darkness. Third, and now we're a little, getting a little more away from just kind of good advice into something that God wants to point us to. I want you to, and again, I know that many of you are regular Bible readers, regular prayers, but if that's not really part of the discipline of your life, now is a great time to follow a discipline of reading and, again, maybe through Right Now Media and those links, viewing news with encouragement. The discipline of balancing. If you're going to watch the news for an hour, you need to go find something positive and uplifting. And by the way, not just escapist kind of things, but something that builds you up. And again, I think the Right Now Media posts would be really, really helpful with that. If you're going to spend time reading the news... For an hour, I want you to then, or whatever it is, five minutes, I want you to take a minute to, to find something from the Bible to read, to encourage you. Maybe you go back to Psalm 46 and reread it. So the last one is not just any kind of building up, but to read and hear that next word. Read and pray in the Psalms. Psalms have been around for a very long time. Jesus prayed out of the Psalms. When Jesus is on the cross... Most of what he says comes directly from 
the Psalms. You and I need to be a people whose lives are invested. And by the way, particularly in a time of anxiousness and fear and anxiety, we need to reach to the Psalms. By the way, not because it's, it's some sort of rose-colored glass to put on, but instead, the Psalms are real feelings of real people who are in difficult and trying circumstances. There are even a few Psalms that never really resolve other than just the, the worries of the world and the fears of what's going on. But they give us voice to that. And we read them, and we don't just read them, but we pray them to God. They need to be the thing that fills up our vocabulary as we pray to God. Because in reality, most of them are very, very good at pushing us back to the realities of what God is doing. The firm foundation of God as the world shakes and quakes. We invest in the Psalms particularly because it reminds us of things like this. This is probably the part of the psalm that you're most familiar with. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. And please understand that that word be still isn't about don't do anything. The word be still is about pushing out all of the things that are trying to invade you and open a channel that is only for God. Open your heart up and say, I don't want to hear any of these other voices at this moment. I want to be still. And when we're still... The voice that we should hear is God. See, it's not just be still, but it's be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. And reading and praying in the Psalms will regularly remind us of those kinds of things. And we need to hear them, we need to read them, we need to hear them, and they need to become part of our life in prayer, our life of devotion. But you see, the rhythm of the psalm hinges on the way it opens, and then if you're looking closely at it, you'll see this phrase that's repeated. And hopefully your Bible even kind of breaks it up in paragraphs where it, it stands out a little bit. This is the way, it doesn't open with exactly this word, these words, but it's the same sentiment, and then it gets repeated. The Lord of hosts is with us. Somebody say, the Lord of hosts is with us. Now let's make it personal. The Lord of hosts is with me. And the God of Jacob is our refuge. This is a very powerful statement. The Lord of hosts is the, is the image of God as he takes out his, his spiritual armies to defeat the natural armies of chaos. He is the one who brings order. He is the one who brings peace. He is the one who brings mercy and love. And he does that with this army of spiritual beings to do war on our behalf and within our own lives. It's a repetition that needs to be part of who we are. Sharon taught a, a Bible class during VBS last year, and she took us out on that, that uh, sea where the disciples were with Jesus in the boat, and then the boat is rocking because of the storm, and Jesus stills the storm. And maybe it's something, I realize it was very simple for children at that time, but maybe it needs to be part of who we are. In reality, it is the idea that we're going to say, God is with me. And then I am not afraid. I will trust him. You do it sort of as a breathing exercise. And we remind ourselves of exactly what the psalmist is saying. So how can we be a people who overcome the anxiety of this moment in our lives? In this moment when our, 
our society kind of feels a little uneasy, we become this light and salt, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. We become this testimony to who, how God makes a difference. And we do that in four ways, very quickly. First of all, we do that by remembering. The God who acted in the Bible, whether that's at the crossing of the Red Sea, whether that's being with little David as he faced this great giant Goliath, and we might say that, that we're against this great giant of COVID-19. You know, we, we might be that kind of, we remember those things. But maybe most of all, we remember that even death itself could not defeat Jesus. And Jesus' promise was that if you trust in him, Death cannot defeat you either. Somebody say amen. That's good news. We need to be reminded, and again, I think that's my encouragement to go to the Psalms. The Psalms is a regular reminder of the, of the good that God wants to do. Realizing that there are going to be times and places that are difficult, God reminds us, the Psalms remind us of the, of the sufficiency of God, of the faithfulness of God, even in those difficult kinds of circumstances. Number three, we're gonna, if we're going to overcome anxiety, we've got to invite something to fill us. We've got to invite the Spirit to fill us. We've got to invite God's love and God's faithfulness to fill us, God's presence to be with us when we face these kinds of things. Have you prayed a prayer recently where you've said, God, I need you to come to me. I need you to, to be in a special measure. You've always promised that your Spirit is with me. I want it to come in a more powerful way right now. Come Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you to come. I'm opening the door. And then finally, of course, when we invite, we want to let it fill us. It's kind of interesting. Sometimes we say, come Holy Spirit, and then we go engage ourselves in things that are kind of pushing the Spirit away. If you're going to invite Him to come, you then need to allow Him to have full access by by being filled with the good things of God. And there are lots of sources for that, but none of them are more powerful than coming back to the Bible itself and reading the Bible with his people. And maybe you can't be face-to-face -face with them right now, but there's no reason. I've already been blessed multiple times this week by people who have been reading out of the Psalms, interestingly, and they send me a snippet. God, I want to, or Alan, I want to encourage you with this word from God. You can encourage people that way too, to be filled yourself and to help fill them. There's a little word, and it comes after each one of the paragraphs here. Selah, or selah, and uh, this is a Hebrew word, and nobody really knows exactly what it means, and so they don't try to translate it. They just, maybe you have a translation you're looking at that translated pause or something akin to that. But it's fairly unknown. It's a musical notation as you're singing through the Psalms. I want to say to you, I think it looks pretty good that the evidence is pointing towards that idea of pausing musically as you sing the psalm, as you recite it with the rhythm that it would have been recited with in the synagogues. But I want it to be that reminder to us to breathe, to stop just every once in a while, turn off the TV, turn off the things going on in our lives, turn off the computer, turn off the phone, and just breathe. And after two or three slow breaths, then, then let what I talked about earlier kind of be part of that breathing pattern. God is with me. I am not afraid. I am not anxious. I will trust you. It's a great way of 
enacting what the psalmist is calling us to. Yes, the world is in chaos. But breathe. Yes, God is within us. Breathe it in. Yes, God is acting in powerful ways. And by the way, before we're done with this whole thing, I think we're going to look and see the glory of God coming through in many, many ways around the world. And then that last phrase, the God of Jacob is with us. The God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And when you say things like that, you need to stop and breathe it in. So we're separated by lots of things. But make no mistakes, we are not separate from each other. We share a faith in the same God. We believe in the same resurrected Lord. And the Holy Spirit fills each and every one of us who are his children. We're now going to do something really tangible that Jesus asked us to do. And I think, I think he knew. He didn't just say, just remember. He said, when you do this, I want you to remember. There are many promises associated with it. Remember the cross. Remember the resurrection. Remember that after all this is done, there's a great banquet we're going to get together. And it doesn't matter how strong the virus is, nothing can stop us from getting together that day. Somebody please shout hallelujah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the day when that banquet all comes together. But in the meantime, and right now, and again, you have to kind of visualize the fact that for 2,000 years, Christians all over the world have gathered together on the Lord's Day and decided to break the bread and to drink of the cup. And we're going to do that together now, even though our physical bodies are separated from each other. What God's done for us to not leave anything that would separate us from Him. It's not about our goodness. In fact, what it is, is about how God can conquer every single mess in our lives and draw us close to Him. Let's let Him speak to us now through the words of this song.
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the gift of eternal life that you've offered each one of us. And Father, we thank you for the, the sacrifice that had to be made for this. Father, we thank you for Christ who was um, sent to earth to live as a human, to be an example of us, to teach us, to show us what a perfect life would be like, to experience all the temptations that we face as, as humans, to experience pain and loss, and in the end to hold strong and be perfect and without sin, which was the only way that he could become the, so, the sacrifice that would forgive all of our sins. Father, be with us now as we take of this unleavened bread in remembrance of the body of Christ as it was made flesh and accepted the punishment that, for all of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Dear Father, we come to you once again, remembering the death of cross on the Christ as his blood was the only thing powerful enough to wash away our sins. Be with us now as we take of this fruit of the vine in remembrance of that blood and, and its healing power and the ultimate sacrifice that, that our perfect, perfect example in Jesus was willing to give for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
I want to make an invitation today. I want to ask you to respond to the message. I want you to participate in encouraging what's each other. Uh, right now, if you're at home, you have the opportunity to talk over me and tell each other how much you've been blessed by each other, how much you've been blessed by this service. But I'd like you to make your responses. And by the way, I understand it may be that all of our responses aren't, I'm full of blessing, but I am hurting and broken. Two ways that I'd like you to do that. One of which is if you are willing to make that a public proclamation, if you're watching on Vimeo, you have the ability to comment underneath the video itself. And please take the time to click on there and type something in. Or if you'd prefer to go to the church's Facebook page, Lake Jackson Church of Christ, our logo should come up there and you'll see it and post there. And, and post either, either the, the way you want to speak your thanksgiving and blessing or if, if again, you want to make it a public need known, uh, that's also a good place to do that. Secondly, there are some of you who just need to communicate that you need some extra prayers for whatever reason. It may not have anything to do with COVID-19. It may just be in your life generally. Please utilize the function of the church's texting service. Again, no one but uh, myself or the elders will be able to see the messages that you post there. You can post that to 979-217-3300. What I can promise you is to the best of our ability, if you post there, someone, one of our elders, one of our deacons, or myself or Peter will be back in touch with you to follow up with, with what you're needing there. So again, those are two ways for you to respond today. We're going to sing a song of invitation. God will make a way. God's going to make a way for your life, not only to be blessed even in these circumstances, but particularly, I think God's inviting us to recognize how we get to become a, a special and unique blessing to our friends and our neighbors and those around us. So whether you're home or wherever you're watching, somebody's going to think you're really funny because you're going to be sitting in the grocery store or whatever like that, and you're suddenly going to stand up. And, and if you're driving your car, pull over, stop the car, and get out and stand up because we're going to stand while we respond to the invitation.